5, 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, we'll read a few verses here and try our best to deliver to you what the Lord has put on our heart for the service. I was praying about the service tonight, trying to seek and find the will of God, and He kept Drawing my heart to this scripture and just a few words uh, in a few verses here tonight that we'll try to look at if God would be our helper and uh, you would pray for us that the Lord would help us and uh, we can leave better than we come because of His help tonight. I'm very much aware of our need of Him and I know that I can't do it without Him. I need His help and uh, there's more reasons I while we were praying tonight, I told him there's more reasons that I could give him why he ought not to help us tonight than I could why he should, but I pray that for Christ's sake he'll help us tonight and we'll be helped together. Second Corinthians chapter 5, when you found your place, if you're able, willing to do so, let's stand together out of the reverence and honor the reading of the Word of God. I want to begin reading in verse number 14 and we'll read down through the end of the chapter, and there'll be some very familiar words and verses that we'll read into your hearing tonight. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 14. For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. He that died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, But unto him which died for them and rose again. Wherefore henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new, and all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. <clears throat> I'm interested tonight if God would help me for just a few minutes out of verse number 17, very familiar verse uh, in the context of the scripture that we read tonight, where the Apostle Paul here, of course, writing to the church at Corinth says, Therefore, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. I like to preach tonight or deal with the thought of being made new. Being made new. 
Now, here in this scripture, Paul says that if any man is in Christ, after we are saved, we are regenerated, we are reconciled, that are, those are the, the two doctrines that are dealt very heavily with from verses 14 down through verse number 21, verses 14 through verse uh, number 17 deals with the doctrine and you don't have to let that word scare you. A lot of people get afraid about the word doctrine but you can't really preach the Bible without preaching doctrine. The Bible is full of doctrines that we uh, believe to be so by the authority of the Scripture and verses 14 through 17 uh, Paul deals with the doctrine of regeneration and then from verse 18 down to verse 21 he deals with the doctrine of reconciliation. Probably stronger than any other time or writing of the Apostle Paul or possibly any other writing in all the Scripture does Paul deal with these two doctrines in these verses that I read into your hearing tonight. And so he says in verse 17 that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. That is, he has become a new creation or a new work of God. As much as the work of God was in Genesis chapter 1 when the earth was without form and void and then the Spirit of God moved on the face of the deep and God said, let there be light and there was light and the old preacher said that God reached out and took hold of nothing and made everything as much as that was a creative work of God so it is in the work of regeneration or the work of being born again mankind is made a new creature a new creation and it is all of God as much as man had nothing to do with the first creation man has nothing to do with this recreative work of God in regeneration it is a work of God all by himself apart from any man any man's ability any man's knowledge any man's reach any man's wisdom God does it all from start to finish and it is a new work. He said he's a new creature. Uh, Brother Billy Mitchell said it this way. Many people treat a regeneration like God takes uh, an old picture and puts a new frame uh, around the picture. He said that's not uh, what regeneration is. That's religion. Uh, but he said regeneration is when God uh, puts a whole new picture inside uh, of the same old frame. Uh, that is, we live in this frame of flesh but God makes us a new creature on the inside in Christ Jesus. Man can make the new frame but it takes God the creator to paint the new picture to put it inside the old frame of man. I'm glad tonight to know what the Bible says about regeneration. The word regeneration literally means that we've been regenerated. And I understand and know and figured that it probably would be more kind of like a Bible study, but I feel like this is what the Lord wants me to deal with and how he wants me to deal with it. I guess it's pastoral preaching tonight, doctrinal preaching, but the word regeneration means to be regenerated. 
And when we're born into this physical world, we are gene. We get our genes from who our parents are. And those genes determine what we look like, how we talk, what color hair we have, what certain characteristics we have. It all comes from our genetic makeup. Well, when we get born again, I'm glad the inner man is regened and he's made to have the characteristics of our Heavenly Father. Do you understand that when you get born again, there's a perfect man living inside you? That's right, according to the scriptures. That which is born of God, sin of not. There is a perfect man living in you. That does not mean you're perfect. We still live in this sinful flesh. We deal with this flesh. That's why we must die out to the flesh. We must lay it aside. It must be crucified. But that work of God in you is a perfect work. He's been recreated. That's according to the Bible. We're created in Christ Jesus in true holiness in the work of regeneration. We've been regenerated. And so we become new. See, the reality is the inner man is dead. The outer man's walking around alive. But the inner man is dead to God. And then when the Holy Ghost comes in conviction, he awakens the inner man to his deadness. That's why we must have the preaching of the Word of God. It pleased God through the first as a preaching and to save them that believe under the world that passes foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. And so that's the method God chooses. He chooses the preaching of the Word of God under the unction and the anointing of the Holy Ghost to send out the gospel light and that light awakens a sinner by the conviction of the Holy Ghost to his lost and dead state to God. That's right. And so the inner man's dead. The outer man's alive. The inner man's dead. And so the inner man has to be awakened. Uh, is that not what Paul said? You who were dead in trespasses and sins. He wasn't talking about their outer man. He was talking about their inner man. He said you had the quickened. Well, the word quicken means to be made alive. And so the inner man's dead. In darkness he must be awakened and enlightened to his sin. And then the work of regeneration takes place. And that dead man's made new and he's made alive unto God. That's why this lost and dying world doesn't want anything to do with what we got. They're dead to it. We can sit around all we want to and scratch our head and wonder and puzzle why the world is doing what they're doing, why they're not interested in God. They can't be interested in God. They're dead to Him. That's according to the Scriptures. They are dead to God. But no man will ever know his lost condition apart from the convicting work of the Holy Spirit. That's why a man cannot get a man lost. A man cannot get a man saved. It takes as much God to get a man lost as it does to get him saved. And without the convicting work of the Holy Ghost, there'll be no regenerative work of the Spirit of God. And so we get regenerated. 
that dead man's made alive. And we read in the scripture the great miracle of Jesus calling Lazarus from the dead. But do you understand an even greater miracle that was worked inside you one blessed day when you were dead in your trespasses and sins? And just like Lazarus, there was nothing you could do to help yourself or get yourself out. But thank God the Spirit of God came and awoke you to your sin and regenerated you and made you alive unto God. That's right. That is right. Mankind don't even know they're dead until the Lord lets them know. That's why Paul said, I was alive once. But he said, then the law came and I died. You say, what was he saying? He said, I heard of the preaching of the word of God got a hold of me and showed me I was dead. Even though I thought I was alive. Even though I had religion. Even though I had this and I had that. He said, when the law came, I died. Matter of fact, he added a little bit more to it. He said, then the commandment came, the law came, sin revived, and I died. He said, I realized I wasn't as clean as I thought I was. He said, I realized that being a Hebrew was not enough. That being the tribe of Benjamin was not enough. Being a Pharisee was not enough. Knowing the law was not enough. Being blameless or concerned the law was not enough. He said, I was dead under God. Oh yeah. That's why when he was going down that Damascus road and that great light shone out of heaven, he fell down to the ground. And the reason he fell down to the ground is because God brought him down. That brother Jeremy Oakley preached a message on a down-to-earth experience. That's what Paul had. God brought him down to earth and made him realize who he was. But I'm glad God didn't leave him there. He regenerated him and made him alive. I remember the Sunday night in my life that the Lord got a hold of me and showed me that I was a dead man. I'm glad for that. I remember that Sunday night as vividly and as real as I do the Tuesday night that I got born again. I remember for the first time in my life I'd made professions. I'd been to the altar. I sung in the choir. I played for a quartet. I taught Sunday school. I was faithful. I was a church member. I went with my pastor everywhere he went. But the reality was I'd never been enlightened and awakened to my lost condition. But all that Sunday night the commandment of God came. The law of God came. The Holy Ghost came. And I died. But thank God he didn't leave me there. But I'm glad on a blessed Tuesday night after three nights of Holy Ghost conviction, miserable in my sin, wallowing a hole out in my bed, wringing and twisting my hands and wondering whether I'd see the sun come up. I was afraid to see it come up and afraid to watch it go down again. But I'm glad that same God that showed me I was dead and there's nothing I could do about it. That blessed Tuesday night, He made me alive and He regenerated me and did a perfect work inside me. That's why Paul said we're waiting on the salvation of the body, the redemption of the body. We have a perfect man on the inside. And thank God one blessed day this mortal's going to put on immortality and this corrupt will put on incorruption. We're not all going to sleep, but we're all going to be changed and we're going to get a perfect body just like the perfect man that's on the inside. And so we've been regenerated. Been regened. And so when... A man say, Paul said, that we are put in Christ. 
Now I understand that Christ is in us. That's according to the Scriptures too. Paul said that was the hope of glory, Christ in you. I'm glad when we got born again and it's far beyond what our human minds can comprehend how that God could put Christ in us but yet at the same time He has put us in Christ. That's right. And that's the security of the believer. Not our works. Not our good deeds. We're not keeping ourselves. If I was keeping myself, I'd have been out a long time ago. Now, I'm not preaching a license to sin. If you're in Christ, you're a new creature. See, all them people that want to preach, and I, I don't side with them, and, and I, I, I don't like these labels, and I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm not a, a big fan of, being, of saying I'm an independent, fundamental Baptist because many of them preach the grace of God in the lasciviousness like it's a license to sin. And you'll not find that in the Word of God. As a matter of fact, boy, the contrary in this Scripture. That's why I said Paul probably writes stronger about regeneration and reconciliation in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 than in any other place in the Bible. And he said if you're in Christ, if you've been regenerated, if you've been made new, you're a new creature and them old things are gone. They have passed away. He does not say we hung them up in the closet. He does not say we set them on the shelf. He does not say we corked them up for a time. He said they died and they've been buried. They're passed away. And the old black preacher said, if you is what you was, then you ain't. And that is right. If you can still get up on Monday and cuss with the cussers and drink with the drinkers and gamble with the gamblers and go where you ought not to go and it not bother you and condemn you, then you're not a child of God and that's according to the Word of God. Is that saying that the people of God live sinless? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But when you do those things you ought not do because you've been regenerated... See, it's that outer man that wants to do them things because he's still under the bondage of the law and he's still a slave to sin. The outer man is. And so that's why we must reckon him to be dead. That's why Paul said, I'd be crucified with Christ. That is the outer man. He said, nevertheless, I live, yet not I, it's Christ living in me. And that outer man, he's the one that wants to do all them old things. But that inner man... When that outer man gets strong and you do the things you ought not do, that inner man is grieved by the Spirit of God. And that inner man gets broken. And that inner man seeks repentance. And that inner man seeks restoration. And that inner man, that there's nowhere. Now I want you to hear me tonight. I'm preaching what I need to be preaching, how the Lord wants me to preach it tonight, pastorally to you. I want you to understand, not that I know everything there is to know about it, but there's nothing in this Bible about anybody ever being rededicated. But there is something in here about being restored. And there are times that the people of God need restoration. If you ever got born again, that inner man is dedicated. He'll never be undedicated. He's always dedicated. He don't need any rededication. But what we do need is our fellowship, our practical walk with God from time to time because of our flesh needs restoration. That's why Paul cried, O wretched man that I am. He didn't say, O wretched man I was. 
Paul wasn't writing that when he was lost in his sin. He was writing that after he got born again. He said, I'm still a wretched man because I live in this body of death. And so that's why we must grow in grace. That's why we must feed the inner man. The old chief said, and the grandson asked him about good and evil. And I'm not much on telling stories, but some of them's right. And he said, well, it's like this. Inside every one of us, there's good and evil. And they're like two dogs or two wolves that fight against one another. The grandson said, which one wins? And the old grandfather said, very wisely, whichever one you feed the most. And that's right. The Bible said if you sow to your flesh, you're going to of your flesh reap corruption. But if you sow to the Spirit, you're going to of the Spirit reap life. And that's not us working for everlasting life. That's reaping the benefits of a life that's pleasing in the sight of God. Because you've been regenerated and regened. I was reading something this week and I, uh, you know, it's a little different for me, but I'm just preaching how the Lord tells me to. I was reading something this week about somebody had written uh, about an old preacher, and I don't remember what year it was, but said he had come to town to preach a revival and said he went in the grocery store or some store to, had to buy a few things that he had forgotten to pack. And I said the clerk rung it up and it came up to about $7 and had some change, and all the old preacher had was a $100 bill. And he said he got it out and gave it to the clerk. And the clerk kind of looked real harsh at him and said, don't you have anything else? He said, no, I don't have anything else. And so uh, that clerk was kind of aggravated. And he said he held it up to the line and he did everything. You know, back then they probably didn't have them markers that they mark on them. He said he held it up to the line and did all these things. And he said, finally at the end, he said the clerk reached under the counter and pulled out a notepad, a blank notepad, and took that $100 bill and started rubbing it on the notepad. And said, I stood there and watched him. He said, that notepad started getting green. And he said, oh no, it's counterfeit for sure. He said, I never had seen nothing like that before. And he said, I'm sorry, I don't, I, I don't know where that come from. It must be counterfeit, ain't it? And the, I said, the clerk looked back and smiled. He said, no, it's real. He said, the real rub off every time. And I'm going to tell you tonight, if it's real inside you, it'll rub off. If there's something real inside you, you'll not do what you used to do and get joy from it. You'll not live how you used to live and get joy from it. There'll not be pleasure in sin for you. But I'm glad you've been regenerated and regenerated, been made a new creature in Christ. The old things are gone and all things have become new. And so he preached to the church at Corinth about regeneration. He said when you're made new, it makes all things new. And so now you got a new walk. We're going to walk after Christ. We're going to follow His leadership. Follow His direction. We're not going to walk where we used to want to walk. We're not going to go where we used to go. We're not going to do what we used to do. We're going to follow Him as He leads us. He's our Father. We've been made new. We've been regened according to Him. I'm going to say you'll have a new will. He'll put a new will in you. You'll have a will to please Him. Now you'll still have to struggle and deal with the will of the outer man, but that inner man's will is to please the Father. That one on the inside, that perfect man that's created after Christ Jesus in true holiness, His will is to please the Father just like Christ's will was. And now Paul said, and I'll be done. He said, not only have we been regenerated, but he said, we've been reconciled. 
he preached to them and wrote to them about the doctrine of reconciliation. Reconciliation means to bring two opposing parties back into favor again. And so in order for us to be reconciled, now that's according to the Word of God here, he says in verse 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new and all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Christ Jesus. So we've been reconciled unto God. In order for reconciliation to take place, and this is really where the Lord began to deal with my heart today, and I'll try to give you the thoughts that the Lord gave me, and then I'll be done, and I'll let you go. But in order for there to be reconciliation, there has to be a marring of a relationship. There has to be a breach in the fellowship. There has to be a break in the relationship. Otherwise, there's no need for reconciliation. And so our sin nature, because Adam sinned and death entered by sin, the Bible said that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God and death passed upon all men. We all are in need to be reconciled unto God. Because there's a marring of the relationship. That relationship that man had with God before sin came, that relationship's been broken, there's a breach. And so therefore we have to be reconciled unto God, brought back to fellowship. You say, how bad was our relationship marred? Well, the Bible said in the book of Romans, we were the enemies of God. That is what the Word of God says. Not just that we're a bad person. And see, I feel that in these days I'm satisfied and I've come to the fact that I believe by the direction of the Spirit of God. That's the reason that we have so much false profession and those things in these days is we just want to tell everybody they're an okay person. They just need a little bit of forgiveness or they just need to get this taken care of or have their conscience sued. When's the last time you heard a man of God stand in the power of the Holy Ghost and preach to a congregation of the barren saved? They're the enemy of God. That's according to the Word of God. We're strangers to God. We're the offenders of God. When a man realizes lost, there's more to being lost than just going to hell. But when conviction of the Holy Ghost comes and there is an element of fear, I was afraid of dying and going to hell. But the reality was that I was an offender in the eyes of God. And that's why God works in the will of man. Your will must be broken. And your will will only be broken by the realization that through the Spirit of God that you're the enemy of God and you not only are going to hell, but you deserve to go there. That's, right. That's what conviction works in a sinner. Yes, sir. We don't have too many getting under conviction. I listened again this week. The Lord, I tried my best and I'm not bragging or boasting, but the Lord is working in my heart and working in my daily life and I'm so grateful. And I've tried to ask the Lord when I get in my truck or I'm by myself, I, I try to listen to a lot of preaching. The more preaching I can be saturated with, the better off I, I am in this life. And the easier it is for me to follow the leadership and the direction of God. When your mind stayed on Christ, it's much easier to find and focus on the will of God. And so I'm trying to, we have this access. If you don't know anything about sermon audio, and I'm not trying to push technology, but you ought to get it. You can get it on your phone. Or you can get it on the computer. And we've got access to hundreds of thousands of preaching. And I tried to let, ask the Lord to direct me. And you say, that's foolish. No, I want to hear what He wanted me to hear. And He led me back again to the message Brother Pace preached when he was here not long ago. It's probably one of the best three days of meeting 
uh, that I've experienced as a pastor, just encouragement for me and help for me. And I listen to him again preach about the emotional energy of the church and how that sometimes we affect people. Uh, they do things to please us. They uh, come to the altar to please us. They uh, come because they're pushed by us. And that's why we have so many false professions. Oh, we better beware. Case of conviction, power, and a work of the Spirit of God has real in a man to get him lost as it ever is to get him saved. There must be reconciliation because we're the enemies of God. The relationship has been marred. And so there's a marring of the relationship, but in order for there to be reconciliation, and see, this is the reason this is not preached, and I'm not saying I'm a good preacher because I'm preaching. I'm just saying it's the truth of the Word of God, doctrinally right. And the reason people don't want to preach in this day is it takes the power out of the hands of man. And in order for there to be reconciliation, not only should there, will there be a marring in the relationship, but there must be a motion or movement by the offended party. Not by the offender, but the one who's been offended. We're not the one who's been offended. We're the offender. God's the one that's been offended by sin. And in order for there to be reconciliation, the movement first must take place on God's part. Man cannot come when he wants to come. Man cannot come how he wants to come. It takes a movement in the heart of God to order sinner. He must make the first move. In reality, God makes every move. That's right. There may be a lot of preaching. Maybe in this day that God makes the first move. And that sounds so good. But the reality is that God makes every move in regeneration and every move in reconciliation and every move in redemption and every move in salvation. It's all of God. There's no works at all. You can't take of the grace of God. He said if it ever comes to be about works, it's no more grace. It can't be the most. And so it's all the grace of God. People are going to label me what they want to. It takes a work by God. He must make every move toward a sinner. And so there has to be a movement of God. And in order for there to be reconciliation, ain't it amazing that the Holy Ghost put all this in here for Paul to write to us? In order for there to be reconciliation, there must be a mediator. The offended parties can't come together of their own accord. There has to be a mediator to bring them together and to bridge the gap. Because see, the offending party, all they care about is what they want. And the reality, and you don't, don't take this the wrong way, he's God, what he says goes. And that's all he's going to accept is what he wants. And we cannot provide what he wants. And so we have to have a mediator between us. And that's what Paul said. He said, all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. He's the mediator. That's why Paul said, there's but one mediator between God and me and the man, Christ Jesus. He is the only one able to reach out with one hand and take hold of man of the offending party and reach out with the other hand and take hold of the Holy God, the one that's been offended and bridge the gap and bring us together and reconcile us by Christ. So he's the mediator. But not only is he the mediator, in order for there to be reconciliation, there must be a means of reconciling. 
The mediator just negotiates the terms. He just tells both parties what it's going to take. But I'm glad our mediator goes farther than that. He is what it takes. And his work at Calvary is the means by which man and God are reconciled. That is right. He had reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. In verse number 19, to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself by Christ, by the finished work of Calvary. That is a term, a phrase that you ought to embed in your heart and in your mind by the help of the Holy Ghost. Well, the work at Calvary is a finished work. Had no works to be added. Had no deeds to be added. He cried, it's finished. Yes, sir. And he is the means. He, he was, it's not that he was the means. He is the means. And he's always been the means. That's the reason why the thief could usher be ushered into paradise that day. And when he walked in, I heard Brother Larry Winkler preach this week about that thief walking in. There's Abraham and Moses and Elijah and all the prophets of old. They said, what are you doing here? He said, the man on the cross told me I could come. It doesn't matter what folks' opinions of us are. It's the fact we have a mediator and he's the means of us being reconciled unto God. That's why the thief could hear today, thou shalt be with me in paradise. What does that do with a lot of independent Baptist theology today? That he needs to sign a card and join the church and be baptized. He didn't need any of that. He needed to be reconciled unto God by a mediator in Christ and the means was the finished work of the cross of Christ. And he's the means. But then I'll say and I'm done. If you ever, according to Scripture, reconciliation requires not just the marring of the fellowship, not just the motion of the one that's been offended, not just a mediator, not just a means. But if you ever get reconciled, if reconciliation has ever worked in you, according to this scripture right here, it becomes a ministry. What that means is what God has done for you, you'll want God to do that for everybody else. It's so good in you that you won't tell everybody else what the Lord has done for you. And that's according to the Scriptures. He said, all things of God, verse 18, who hath reconciled us to, to Himself. We've been made partaker of reconciliation by Christ Jesus and have given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto Himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. You say, well, what can I do? Next verse, verse 20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. You know what an ambassador is? An ambassador is one who comes And he presents the means of peace. He's not in charge of making the means. He's not in charge of telling how it has to be. He's not in charge of coming up with how it works. He just knows it worked for him. He knows the one he serves. And he knows there's somebody out there 
and the one he serves and the one he loves and the one he's loyal to wants reconciled unto him and so he sends us to be the ambassador and to tell others what he's done for us and the fact that he can do it for them. Amen, and when we consider that, when we consider the fact Paul was not just saying that me and Titus and Barnabas and Peter and Apollos, he said we, he said all of you that are born again, all of you that have been regenerated, all of you that have been reconciled have been made and called to be an ambassador of Christ. To carry the means, to carry the message that there is a mediator to bring us back in fellowship with God again. And so considering that, we consider that we all are ambassadors. What kind of message are we displaying in the world? Are we showing them that it's so good to have been reconciled? It's so good to have been regenerated that they want to seek out the means and the mediator by which we have been reconciled. By which we have been regenerated. Is there a pull on them? Jesus said we're the salt of the earth. Do we produce a thirst in those around us for the living water that we've been made a partaker of? He said we're the light of the world. Do we shine out in the darkness and reveal by the work of the Holy Spirit in our life that there's a means for them that are enemies and offenders in the eyes of God to be reconciled unto God again? They don't have to live the rest of their days, the rest of their existence as an enemy and an offender in the eyes of God. But God sent Christ into the world to reconcile us unto Himself. That, that mediator who produced the means of reconciliation that God will no longer impute their sin unto them. But Christ took their sin on Himself. He who knew no sin, Paul said, was made to be sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. That through this work of reconciliation, or that through this work and this means of the mediator, or that God will take away, <coughs> away our sins. He won't impute our sins, but He will impute Christ's righteousness unto us and unto them. I hope maybe it's made sense and helped you tonight. Encouraged you, maybe just reminded us of what we've been made a partaker of in regeneration and reconciliation. Thank God that He made the move. The first move, the second move, every move. I'm glad He made it toward me. I'm glad He brought me to Himself. I'm glad He didn't leave me in the shape that He found me in, but I'm glad He saved me, regenerated me, regened me, and reconciled me unto Himself. And I'm not much, I know that. But I'll say with the Apostle Paul in closing tonight that it's by the grace of God that I am what I am. And I'm not much I know, but I'm glad I'm not what I used to be all because I've been regenerated and reconciled unto God. Lord, help me to be a better ambassador for Christ in these days that the world could see that there is a means and a mediator for them too to be reconciled unto God. Father, I thank you, Lord, tonight for the privilege and the opportunity to have been able to be in your house tonight with your people. Lord, what a wonderful job.